0: Uh, this is the 415ers podcast. We appreciate you tuning in as always. Please download, rate, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you download your podcast. Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy with you. Well, While we're talking about how damn old Tom Brady is, uh, if we want to talk about Brian Gracie, if we want to talk about uh, you know Kyle Shanahan, I believe him and Brady are, are not too far apart as far as age. Uh, just look at the quarterbacks themselves. The one on the San Francisco side, Brock Purdy, was five days old when Tom Brady played his final game at the University of (laughs) Michigan. That is how freaking old Tom Brady is, Um, which also now brings us to our next point about the game itself. Tom Brady, this year, behind kind of a a makeshift offensive line with a defense that is pretty good, but with a non-existent running game, he looks pretty old, Mark. Now, if you take a look at the numbers without sort of the context, He's had a pretty decent season. Um he's had a very efficient season. He's thrown 16 touchdowns, three interceptions across 12 games for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But this is a Tampa Bay team as we kind of take a look at our preview that does not score points. Like they are 27th in points scored this year with the greatest quarterback of all time at the helm. Have you, have you like do you see a, i guess a, a discernible difference or is it just just like I kind of think it's father time just catching up finally with Tom, even though he could probably still play for another two or three seasons.
1: This offensive unit for Tampa might be the most frustrating offensive unit in football. And I mean, obviously there are worse offensive units, but the the players that they have on offense at skill positions, you feel like they should be better. The issue for Tampa is their offensive line. They lost a lot. They lost a couple in free agency this offseason, season. Um, and then they've had a number of injuries. Most recently, Tristan Wirfs, their young left tackle, who is just a stud out of the University of Iowa. He's been out the last couple of weeks. That is a gigantic blow for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but you have an incredible receiver core. Chris Godwin, who's playing fantastic football lately. Mike Evans, who is one of the better receivers of this era. Um, I don't really care much about Julio Jones, but you have other complementary pieces at receiver. Leonard Fournette is certainly a quality running back. Rashad White seems like he set himself up for a good career. He's had a good rookie season. So you have all of those quality pieces on the offensive side. But because of the issues to the offensive line, maybe Leonard Fournette isn't playing as good as he should. This is a team that absolutely cannot run the football. Just simply cannot do it. Worst team in the NFL at rushing the ball about 73 yards per game on the ground. What that means is they're forced to throw early and often. It's not the worst thing when you have Tom Brady and their receivers, but when defenses know the pass is coming, it becomes more difficult. You mentioned Tom Brady's numbers in terms of passing yards and, you know, passing touchdowns, not terrible. I mean, on offense, they throw for about 200 and, 70 a little less than that yards per game which is top 10 uh, actually top five fifth in the nfl that's a good number but those numbers are inflated because they throw the ball way more often than other teams do across the league they are forced to because they simply cannot run the ball so i don't think that this is as good of a passing offense as the numbers show evan because the numbers are so inflated by volume this is an offense that is incredibly frustrating to watch And now they're going up against the best defense in the NFL. Evan, I think the Niners defense has a fantastic chance to really limit this Buccaneers offense because the Bucs can't run the ball. And if the Niners can't play one dimensional, they relatively know what's coming. It's going to make it all that more difficult to to go against them. So I think the Niners have a fantastic chance uh, to play fantastic defense once again.
0: I think they do, but I think that hinges on the availability of Nick Bosa, who, as of Thursday, has not practiced uh, for the last two days. Now, the issue is a hamstring in which he reportedly tweaked on Sunday against Miami. But if we're looking at injuries um, on the Buccaneers side, they, like you mentioned, have a lot of guys out. Tristan Wirfs did not practice this week. He's dealing with an ankle and a knee. Uh, They're Formerly starting safety, Antoine Winfield Jr. did not practice this week either. Uh, and Mike Edwards, their other free safety, did not practice. They are pretty much dropping like flies on Tampa Bay's side on both sides of the football. Uh, for the 49ers, the other two injuries that were reported this week, Tarverius Moore is going to miss a few weeks with a knee. Uh, Hassan Ridgeway, who got injured against Miami, is dealing with a pectoral. He did not practice this week either. But, of course, the biggest name is Nick Bosa. Um I'm I'm very very cautious, Mark. Like we talked about, how you know there's been some um, conversations surrounding Purdy and the injury at the quarterback position, and of course we've dealt we've dove into that 16 different ways. (laughs) But the matter of the fact is, if if Nick Bosa is hurt, the 49ers' chances to win any football game drop precipitously. Like they are in free fall. So. I hope that he is able to play this week. And the fact that he's not practicing is simply to get him right or hundred percent. But if this is a game against Tampa in which you feel confident, despite having a rookie quarterback, making his first start in the NFL, if it comes down to, well, Nick Bosa's 75% and can give it a go. I'd, I'd rather not even risk it, Mark, because I, I still think that this Niners team, even without Bosa has a pretty good chance to beat Tampa Bay. I mean, it's not fantastic, But Nick Bosa is the season right now. As much as any player left on this roster, Nick Bosa is the most important one left. We talked about an injury to the quarterback potentially derailing any Super Bowl chances for the 49ers. If Nick Bosa gets hurt and misses hypothetically the rest of the season, which I don't think he will do, then the playoffs are in jeopardy. That's how big of an impact I think Nick Bosa has.
1: He does. And he, he was the November defensive player of the month across the NFL. He was fantastic. And then guess what? He followed it up in on the first game in December with the best game he's had this season. And he's the NFC defensive player of the week most recently. So he is playing his best football, not only of the season, but of his career right now. And he has an opportunity against a banged up defensive line. If he plays, of course, or offensive line, excuse me, if he plays, of course, to continue that upward trajectory excuse me so a hundred percent you're right that is probably the most important you know player on the injury report who still has a decent chance to play i would be relatively surprised if he doesn't play evan this kind of smells to me kind of like debo samuel last week I, i think i said on the pod i would be surprised if debo didn't play it looked like he wasn't going to play it didn't look good based on what the Niners were telling us but he came out he played and they fed him in the second half and he seemed fine I think we kind of have a similar situation here Evan I think the Niners know given uh, their quarterback injuries given everything that they've been dealing with they're going to need to rely on their stars from here on out and they want to do as, as much as they possibly can to to keep them healthy, to keep them ready. And, you know, they're going to need them to win games. So how do they maybe get them a little bit more rest than usual? Maybe you hold them out of of some practices here and there. You'd be extra cautious with them. If they've got even just a minor nick on them in practice, when maybe they would normally get some practice reps through it, don't take a chance. Sit them out, let them rest up, let them get ready for the game, because that is when the Niners need them. And, I get, I kind of get the sense that's what's going on here with Dick Mosa. Of course, no one really knows besides the Niners and, and Kyle Shanahan. Um, but I would be a little surprised if he doesn't play in this game.
0: Well, I hope you're right. I hope he does. Uh, and that leads us into our next portion of this preview episode would be the predictions. And Mark, I, I, I know that Tampa Bay has, look, they're coming off a big win on Monday. I know they have a short, shorter week of rest. Uh, come from behind 17-16 win against New Orleans their last week to get back to 500. I think it makes this game somewhat, you know, enticing. Obviously, with Tom Brady's return to San Francisco would have been better if he had been able to face his former backup at Jimmy Garoppolo. Unfortunately, that will not be able to happen. And those two still have not played against each other as quarterbacks in a game. But the Niners are favored by three and a half points. The total in this game is 37 and a half. Um, I am leaning Niners. I am also leaning. <laughs> I know, this may sound crazy with 37 and a half points on the board. <laughs> I, I think this is this is a lock. The under is a lock in this game. Because I don't see Tampa Bay scoring points against the San Francisco 49ers' number one defense. And call me a non-believer. Call me a skeptic. I, I, just, I, I trust history in this case a little bit more. And that is rookie starting quarterbacks tend to struggle against good defenses, one, two, the Blitz. And that is what Todd Bowles is going to bring against Brock Purdy until proven otherwise. Todd Bowles is is an aggressive – I know he's a head coach. He's not a defensive coordinator anymore, but he is extremely aggressive, and I think he'll be able to get after Brock Purdy enough against that offensive line up front for the 49ers to make him uncomfortable. I still do see the 49ers scoring enough to win this football game, Mark, but I think it's going to be something like 13 to six. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's, that's wow. going to be my prediction for this game. I think it's going to be very low scoring. It's going to be a rock fight at Levi stadium, but the Niners do win and they do cover. Wow.
1: 13 to six. That's easy. No sweat under if you, if you bet that and Evan's prediction comes Lock true. It up. <laughs> um I'm relatively similar, you know, frame of mind. I do think the under hits, but it's very, very close. Listen, we all know about the Niners defense, uh, you know, the top defense in the league in terms of points allowed per game, total yards per game. They're the best rushing defense in the league. But let's dive a little deeper into some of these more unique numbers. First of all, the Niners have more interceptions than passing touchdowns allowed. 12 interceptions defensively, 11 passing touchdowns allowed. The Niners have held their opponents to 2.84 yards per play inside the 30-yard line. So once you get close to the end zone, the Niners' defense is better than anyone else in the NFL. That 2.84 number tops in the NFL. Niners, they hold their opponents to an average of 3.35 yards per rush. Best number in the NFL. The Niners have held their opponents to nine total points on possessions following a turnover. So after their offense gives the ball up their defense buckles down only nine total points allowed off of Niners turnovers this year the Niners have held their opponents to 26 red zone drives this season that is also the fewest in the NFL they've played 12 games it's a little more than two red zone drives per game 26 total this season and finally, the Niners defense has held opponents to 115 plays of 10 or more yards this year. That as well, the best number in the NFL. So it's not just the the, the popular categories that, that the Niners are the best in. They are an incredible defense across the board, really in any metric, any way you slice it. They are fantastic. And I think they are the main reason why the Niners get a win again this week. I'm going 20 to 17, 49ers come out on top. The under hits by half a point. Niners do not cover by half a point, but they get the win. And, Evan, I'm predicting a defensive touchdown. Niners win 20-17. to 17.
0: Well, usually that's around plus 400 for those of you, <laughs> you counting at home. So go go hammer that defensive touchdown. Uh, Mark Randy's lock of the week, as you could say. Yeah. Uh, but that'll do it for this episode of the 415 Fivers. We appreciate you tuning in, as always. Mark, I'm looking forward to this matchup. I I know that it may sound like I think it's going to be low scoring, but that does not mean it's going to be boring. I do think that Tom Brady potentially has some late game magic still left up his sleeve. I'm obviously looking forward to seeing. He he did on Monday. We'll see if he used it all up. Uh, I'm also looking forward, of course, to seeing Brock Purdy in his first start against a defense that I I do think is pretty good despite missing some of those pieces. Um, So it's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, me too. And uh, looking forward to hopping on uh, here with uh, with you for the next episode coming up on uh, Monday. No doubt. No doubt. We'll have a reaction on Monday,
0: maybe even a little bit early, depending oh. on the result of this game. Look out for uh, a post on Sunday night, Monday morning. In the meantime, we appreciate you listening to the 415ers podcast. As always on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, go download, rate, and subscribe, and we will talk to you next time.